guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenio DSL Podcast. Today is about collaboration. People, we are probably about two months away, if I'm not mistaken, about two, no more than three months away from going into season number nine, if I'm not mistaken. This is going to be the upper intermediate business segment that I'm going to be diving into now. Obviously, after season nine, I'm still contemplating on whether to what like what to do. Uh, season nine is, I mean, yeah, season nine is going to be a monster though, uh, because this season probably will have about probably about somewhere between sixty to seventy episodes. I'm guessing, maybe, not sure. But when it comes to season nine, that'll probably have anywhere between seventy to maybe upwards to ninety. Who knows? But nonetheless, man. It's been such an extraordinary journey, and we're going to be kicking this off with collaboration. People, collaboration, it's everything, right? And if you think about collaboration, how much does your job, how much does your schooling, how much do you have to collaborate in terms of teamwork with other people? You know, sometimes it's very difficult to have collaboration. There's a political cartoon out there. Uh, And the quote was, this collaboration would work better if you kept your ideas to yourself. You guys may have already heard it. I remember the the proving grounds is what I had to overcome in Thailand eight years ago. And when I talk about and when I speak about the craziness that I had to overcome in Thailand, you have no idea it was a crazy. And so some of those things were, you know, I was in a little bit of a meeting getting ready to go to an English camp in the Northeast part of Thailand. Again, eight years ago, this is when people were despicable. Okay. And I had to constantly try to prove myself. And I remember when the guy who didn't even want to hire me to begin with, because I was a little bit on the Brown side, he asked me a question. I gave my thoughts and this girl who I came with originally just completely shut down my idea. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I just started like saying, excuse me, stop doing that. And it's crazy because within, I think later on that evening, she said, yeah, just like in the meeting, da, 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 you were to this. And I'm like, you were shutting down all my ideas. See, it's very difficult to have teamwork with people who just shut down your ideas all the time. And so again, have you ever teamed up with someone like that? Um, you know, again, I've been very fortunate to not have to you know, work in teams as much anymore. And if I did, and if there was something that was happening, I would hurry up and address the issue. But, you know, you have to think about what's the most productive team you've ever worked with. And if we look at that specific English camp, it ended up being a very uh, productive English camp and all the students really loved me and everything. It was a fantastic time eight years ago. But to be honest with you, I went to an English camp just two, three weeks prior to that. And it was the worst collaboration we ever had because our backs were already against the wall. Uh, The school had selected us to do this English camp, this specific place. And it was very sad how everything ended. It was 72 hours of the most anger. That was the most angry I felt in a three-day period in my life. And working with some of the most snobbiest kids, we're talking like high schoolers in the world you could ever imagine. Uh, the school and the teachers at the school looking down on us like we are just pathetic souls of the world. And it felt so bad because the main lady who actually hired us as a team, she ended up falling ill, severely ill. And I don't know what ended up happening to her, but it was that little setback in terms of 
being in such a, a situation that was impossible to overcome. And that was it for her. And I just felt incredibly bad because, you know, there was a team of us. It was three Americans, a Filipino, a Bhutanese, literally a girl from Bhutan who's actually very famous now from Bhutan. Um, and a few other uh, individuals uh, like Asian American, uh, uh, British, Australian. It was such a wide range of individuals that this school could have been exposed to so many different countries. And for them to just unfortunately be at the, at the helms of people that look down on other individuals, it was tough. And so I don't do teams like that anymore. In the future, yes, I will have a team, but I've been there. I've done that. I've learned my lesson, <laughs> but man, what a journey it has been. So I'm going to give you something right here. Imagine you're putting together a project team. All the people on your short list have the right expertise and the skills, no doubt. So what personal qualities are you looking for for your team? I'm going to give you seven right here. Committed, constructive, cooperative, engaged, flexible, reliable, and supportive. Now, a lot of you would say, oh my God, all of them, absolutely. You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, obviously people who just get the job done, uh, keep a positive attitude. They really care about the success of the project. They treat everyone with respect and are willing to help. They can adapt to change in needs and circumstances. They take an active role in meetings and discussions. They work well with others and do what's asked for them. Now, what do I mean by that last one? Active role in meetings and discussions. You will know how bad a team is based on how many people keep quiet when one person's speaking. If everyone in the room is not able to give their, their insight or anything, that's going to end up being very, very problematic in the long run. And so to emphasize that a little bit, you gotta be able to have a let, uh, like a level of vulnerability in order to admit your mistakes and also allow other people within the meeting to speak up. There's nothing like a meeting, like having one person speak and eight people not being able to share their ideas or anything. And that is why the looking for solutions and being able to include everyone inside the conversation means all the difference in the world. So I got a nice little clip here from the movie, The Margin Call. So there's a senior partner's emergency meeting, right? And this is when obviously going back to the whole mishap out there in regards to the great financial crisis that happened in America back in 2008. This CEO comes in, he's the head honcho of everything. And he just got word that things are going to begin falling apart very soon. There was an analyst, a numbers guy that ended up realizing, oh my God, something is incredibly wrong. He brought this attention to somebody above him, a superior, and that superior brought the attention to this superior, this superior, this superior, and then here goes the CEO. They're having the margin call right here to discuss what exactly is going on. And so we're going to hear the CEO who has a German accent speak to the analyst guy, the numbers guy, who just only does numbers. Normally he's never in a meeting and he never has a seat at the meeting, ever. He's just a number guy. He works in the background. He never gets the opportunity to speak directly to the head honcho. 
But here in this specific one, you're going to hear an exchange of different opinions and different things that are happening right here. And you're going to see the CEO's level of vulnerability saying, hey, listen, to be honest with you, I am so uh, I love reliability. I am supportive of this man's idea and I need people to back up what he says if they are going to go from there. And so here goes the meeting. Okay. But I'd like to speak to the guy who put this together. Mr. Sullivan, is it? Does he speak English? Sir. I'd like to speak with the analyst who seems to stumble across this mess. Certainly. That would be Peter Sullivan right here. Oh, Mr. Sullivan, you're here. Good morning. Maybe you could tell me what you think is going on here. And please, speak as you might to a young child or a golden retriever. It wasn't brains that got me here, I can assure you of that. Well, um, he's scared. Sir, as you may or may not know, I work here for Mr. Rogers as an associate in the risk assessment and management office at MBS. Please, just relax, stand up, tell us in a clear voice what is the nature of the problem. Okay, uh, well, as you probably know, over the last 36 to 40 months, the firm has begun packaging new MBS products that combine several different tranches of rating classification in one tradable security. Uh, this has been enormously profitable, as I imagine you noticed. I have. <laughs> well, the firm is currently doing a considerable amount of this business every day. Now, the problem, which is, I guess, why we are here tonight, is that it takes us, uh, the firm, about a month to layer these products correctly, thereby posing a challenge from a risk management standpoint. And, Mr. Sullivan, that challenge is? Well, we have to hold these assets on our books longer than we might ideally like to. Yes. But the key factor here is these are essentially just mortgages, so that has allowed us to push the leverage considerably beyond what you might be willing or allowed to do in any other circumstance, thereby pushing the risk profile without raising any red flags. Now, thank you, Mr. Sullivan. Sit down. What I'm guessing your report here says, and uh, give me some rope here. What I'm guessing it says is that considering the, shall we say, bumpy road we've been on the last week or so, that the figures your brilliant co-workers up the line ahead of you have come up with don't make much sense anymore, considering what's taking place today. Actually, not what's taking place today, but what's already taken place over the last two weeks. So you are saying this has already happened? Sort of. Sort of. And Mr. Sullivan, what does your model say that that means for us here? Well, that's where it becomes a projection. But, um... You're speaking with me, Mr. Sullivan. Well, sir, if those assets decrease by just 25% and remain on our books, that loss would be greater than the current market capitalization of this entire company. So, what you're telling me is that the music is about to stop and we're going to be left holding the biggest bag of odorous excrement ever assembled in the history of capitalism. 
sir, I'm not sure that I would <laughs> put it that way, but let me clarify, using your analogy, what this model shows is the music, so to speak, just slowing. If the music were to stop, as you put it, then this model wouldn't be even close to that scenario. It would be considerably worse. Let me tell you something, Mr. Sullivan. Do you care to know why I'm in this chair with you all? I mean, why I earn the big bucks? Yes. I'm here for one reason and one reason alone. I'm here to guess what the music might do a week, a month, a year from now. That's it. Nothing more. And standing here tonight, I'm afraid that I don't hear a thing. Just silence. Mm. Oh, everyone's in the meeting. And they're just holding their tongue, so to so, speak. Now that we know the music has stopped, what can we do about it? Mr. Cole, Ms. Robertson, I'm afraid I think this is where you're supposed to step back in. Lord knows we've relied enough on Mr. Sullivan tonight. What do you have for us? What have I told you since the first day you stepped into my office? <laughs> there are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. Now, I don't cheat. And although I like to think we have some pretty smart people in this building, it sure is a hell of a lot easier to just be first. Sell it all today. Is that even possible, Sam? Yes, but at what cost? I'll have to pay. Really? I think so. Where is this going to come back to us? Everywhere. Sam, I don't think you seem to understand what your boy here has just said. <laughs> if I made you, how would you do this? Well, you call the traders in for the normal 6.30 meeting and you be honest with them, because they're going to know it's the end either way. So you're going to have to throw them a bone and a pretty big one. And then you've got to come out of the gate storming. No swaps, no nothing. 40% done by 10.15. By 11 o'clock, all your trades have to be gone, because by lunchtime, word's going to be out. And by 2 o'clock, you're going to be selling at 65 cents on the dollar, if you're lucky. And then the feds are going to be in here, up your ass, trying to slow you down. Ramesh. They can slow you down. They can't stop you. It's yours to sell. Yeah, but, John, even if we manage to pull that off, and that's saying something, the real question is, who are we selling this to? Same people we've been selling it to for the last two years, and whoever else will buy it. But, John, if you do this, you will kill the market for years. It's over. 
and you're selling something that you know has no value. We are selling to willing buyers at the current fair market price so that we may survive. You will never sell anything to any of those people ever again. I understand. Do you? Do you? This is it. I'm telling you, this is it. Now, it's four o'clock. Jared, you got till five to break this down, draw me up a plan. Is there anybody else who knows what's in here at the moment, block by block? Eric Dale. And where is he? As of today, he's no longer with the firm. We have been uh, trying to locate him. Carmelo. Yes. Get me Eric Dale here by 6.30. It's done. We meet back here in an hour. Sam, let's talk. And there it is, people. A variety of different individuals in this scene. High power to say the least. So much, so many unbelievable actors over the years uh, in this scene. About 12 people in the room and a lot of people unwilling to speak up. Very shy to speak up. And I guess this comes because, uh, you, you know, considering working in Wall Street, you're not able to speak up in regards to different things, right? And so the CEO listening to somebody and just a numbers guy showed a tremendous amount of vulnerability on his end in order to listen and to be cooperative. And then after that, it's funny because the other ones who get paid a hell of a lot more money than the numbers guys, they were very scared to speak until finally the guy said all of it. Now, obviously Kevin Spacey playing the role of Sam. Um, he's the one that actually stood up to the CEO and say, Oh, do you? And he was like, this is it. And all that stuff. And they started raising the voice because he was challenging them saying, you're going to kill the market and you're never going to be able to sell to anyone else ever again. And so you have to be flexible. You have to adapt to the change in needs, especially the circumstances surrounding this specific scene. And it all comes down to team. I love at the very end, he's like, okay, give me a write-up by 5 p.m. Where's Eric Dale? Okay, 6.30 p.m. Let's meet back here in one hour. That is a guy that knows exactly what to do and what are the action points of what to do next. So in terms of that, it's about team, playing as a team. And I got a nice little article here. They say team stands for together, everyone achieves more. But we've all worked in teams that where that reality is very, very different. See, certainly when the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, synergy is created, which can produce terrific results. But teams that lack collaborative skills are likely to disintegrate into a battle of egos and conflicting priorities as you may have heard in that scene. And it's hard to reach your goals when everyone has their own agenda and is fighting over who gets the credit. So to avoid the typical arguments and point scoring, which a lot of people love, of many project meetings, executive coach Carol Kinsey Goman suggests using what she calls the PPR technique. Here's how it works. Whenever someone shares an idea, the first thing you do is mention the positives 
or what you like about it. This creates a climate of collaboration. Next comes the possibilities. Here you talk about the idea and how it could be applied, extended, or perhaps combined with someone else's idea. And finally, if you have any reservations, make sure you leave these to last and focus less on the reservations themselves than how they might be, you know, be able to overcome. Don't say, this won't work. Ask instead, how could we make this work? Remember, a team is a group of people who work hard to make each other look good. The how is beautiful. Robert Kiyosaki can really give a damn about him. I do not give a damn about him. <laughs> but I like what he said a very long time ago. He said a statement. There's nothing you could do with the statement. You need to ask a question. And of course, the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, he says, oh, I don't have any money, a lot of people say. But nobody ever says, how can I make more money? I've had a student by the name of Oriana. And by this time now, you guys probably uh, may have already heard uh, you know, uh, her TOEFL score and whatnot. And, you know, considering that she was in the 60s, it's been astronomical. And to be honest with you, I love her to death and I would consider her to be somewhat of a train wreck because she always had statements such as that. And me from a coaching perspective, I always say, okay, how can we improve that? Oh, I don't know. Oh my God, I hate this TOEFL. Stop focusing and projecting negativity into a very looming large future. Focus on what you can right now. You have already delivered two unbelievably sound of speaking results. And so the world is not doom and gloom. It's all based on perception. And as a coach, I have to, of course, help people with that. So again, when it comes to synergy, working as a team, and you guys have been in synergy before, you've seen amazing, teams the the arsenal uh, what is it the liverpool team of 2005 no the arsenal team starring thierry Henry, kafu and probably a few others of 2005 the invincibles they were undefeated that's synergy the goddamn warriors leading up to the final 73 and 9 record during the nba basketball season that was synergy when they got to the playoffs totally different thing when it came to some of the greatest teams out there that have achieved perfection that was synergy Synergy is working harmoniously within each other to create absolute magic. And so if we look at the ego battles that a lot of people have, such as what I discussed at the very beginning with the girl, Nicole, point scoring. Obviously, Nicole was looking for point scoring because you had three guys in here who were just bouncing their ideas and everything on this board. And then this Thai guy was literally writing everything down. And I'm sitting in the back like, wait, I don't even know who you guys are. I don't know what's going on right now. What the hell's happening? So again, you have to think about it. Like, you know, are you in that type? What, what type of things can actually go on in meetings? And then obviously figuring out what we can do in regards to improving that overall. So in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about a client, KMP. We're going to be listening to a couple of things. We're going to listen to Elaine's idea, the positives, the possibilities, the reservations, and then we're going to break down a couple of other things in regards to facilitators, people who facilitate the entire meeting, et cetera, et cetera. This is going to be fantastic. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful The Arsenio ZSL podcast. Stay tuned for more, and I'll be seeing you very, very soon over and out.